Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby along with Benno and Andy Ogden and lads usually I'd normally ask you what you've been up to this month but we uh we all met in person in Leeds for our for our live show um, this past month and and what a laugh that was what a great day it was um so great meeting everybody and everyone that showed out for it and it was great doing the uh doing the show with you guys and then obviously having Damien Abraham there and then Davey Portman was great having him there and then obviously the the grapple show and of course the man of the hour Andy Ogden with his uh with it you know great great raffle that you put on and everything I thought it was a, a cracking day but um god it took me a, a while to recover Andy I don't know about you well I I, I was straight out on the piss the day after so um I <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> also, uh, continuing on the uh, festivities round Leeds, only up until about five o'clock and it's a sensible hour. But uh, no, I had, had a great time. I think I've lost my uh, calling in life as a as a bingo caller or a, <laughs> or a ring announcer. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, you can book me for bar mitzvahs, weddings at uh, the usual address. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I um I um obviously me and Lisa, my wife, we you know, ended up staying for all WrestleMania and everything and then got the first train back home to Sheffield and tried sleeping most of the day and then we had to pack up and because we took our niece to um Disneyland Paris on Tuesday. So we had a few days there, ended up going into Paris as well. It's also like one day for the uh, Marseille against PAOK game. And anyone that watched that, I mean, God, it was brilliant watching it in a French bar, brilliant atmosphere and everything. So yeah, it was just been in a bit of a, a, a daze, you know, because it was really busy in the Disney park and everything. So just been in a bit of a daze for the uh, past week or so. But um, yeah, it was really, really enjoyed it. How was you, Ben? How did you, uh, did you have a good day in Leeds? And, um, how, you know, did you take you a couple of days to recover from it, staying up for uh, till about five o'clock in the morning from WrestleMania? That was kind of standard for me that weekend. I'm not asking for sympathy, but I was an idiot. I like we did the uh, the Daily Grapple podcast, didn't we? So like we were we were running through Mania weekend doing a show a night, and then it was like yeah, and the payoff will be uh, the big show in Leeds in the afternoon. And then while we're out, while we just record another podcast in the car on the way down, and then on the <laughs> way back, while we record another podcast then as well. And you know what? While we're there, we might as well press record. So yeah, <laughs> bit a bit bit more off than I could chew that weekend. That it took us until about Friday to get our our regular uh, episode of Spotlight out. It still feels like it was only a couple of days ago. That's how hectic uh, those days where obviously I was hosting the uh, the hooked on uh, events uh, live uh, quiz thing that we were at as well definitely won't be a uh, rival and Andy for the uh, call and also the raffle I think he, uh, he had me beat on the day for that but uh, <laughs> no no I thought you did I thought you I mean obviously we went to the fucked up gig so I only caught the tail end of it but I thought you were great mate you seemed uh, a total natural doing that where you know uh, walking around the room doing the quiz and everything but you were a total natural <laughs> oh, God. And what was that thing where, where there was like a pro battle or whatever something <laughs> yeah our mate uh, james was uh was sammy zane uh in that thing against the, his mates as, as kevin owens it was just awkward like they did it more as a favor to me kind of because part of the, the night was there's was supposed to be a promo battle but i mean getting two wrestling fans up on a stage and asking them to to promo battle or cosplay mm. it's, it's only ever going to end in tears isn't it but no i appreciate the kind words although yeah i definitely had a few hiccups on the night like there was literally one quiz question where uh, i was trying to riff on the question it was something to do with um tuesday in texas and i was like oh i remember that event uh i was a big fan of the uh, the uh, survivor series 91 vhs and then like uh, and, I was, and to read out the question uh what pay-per-view took place 
three days before Tuesday in Texas. Oh, it was Survivor Series. <laughs> I just gave the entire answer out to everybody. So there were a couple of moments like that. A couple of uh, parts were definitely, if I was in a full Benno podcast mode, there were definitely uh, some off-color jokes I chose not to make to be a professional on the night. So we did our best. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. I don't know. Who won the quiz in the end? Oh, it was uh, Ogden's won it. No, it was it was Jeff uh, Jeff LF Doom Lene Chris Wilson. I was on this uh, the team that comes second with uh, Matty Edwards and Connor the IWC. We had to hang our head in shame, but honestly, me and Matty were taking it so seriously. Just <laughs> like, do you know the answer? Do you know the answer? And like telepathically try to get it get it onto the sheet, and so disappointed that we lost. <laughs> well, that's it. well, I was I was just happy because like I was obviously hosting that. It was a big room full of you know, you know, basically all of our people were at our, our afternoon show, and that was more like a WWE kind of fan thing. People who come out just to to watch the pay per view and walk about. But the three top teams were three teams of Allah. It was you guys. It was Matty's team. It was Mike Crew's team. So you know, and, and Jeff and that as well. You did well to uh, to stay in the mix, and we definitely put those uh, those WWE fans to shame on the day. I, um, I went to Tesco earlier and bought um, a bunch because obviously it was in the afternoon, weren't it, our show? And I thought, oh, if I'm staying up till 5 a.m. to watch WrestleMania, I'm not going to have many of these Northern <laughs> Monk beers because they're all like, you know, as good as the other. Uh, yeah, excellent beer, obviously, but over 8%. So I went to uh, Tesco yesterday and bought a bunch of the, the ones that I wanted to try. So I'll be, uh, mm. obviously, it's a bank holiday weekend coming up in it. So I'll be uh, sampling plenty of them. But yeah. Good plan. We re- re- relive our glory from uh, from the day. That was that was the only thing because we were record because we were like we were live on. I was trying not to drink too much as well. And it was hard because it was so good, but no, it was just incredible. It was like what what a venue, you know, what a fine by you, Martin. Like you did a great job setting it up and everything as well. You know, that was uh, it was your baby, and it was just great to see it come to fruition and you know see so many people come out and uh, and support us really. And just it was it was almost a shame we had to podcast, wasn't it? Because like, we were all just enjoying standing around drinking beer. Uh, it was like, oh, I suppose we should get on stage now. <laughs> but I think that bit went well too. Yeah, it was. It was so funny. I was so nervous leading up to it. I was like, oh, blah, blah, no, listen. Then, like, I think halfway through, sort of like, you know, about half an hour before we were about to go on, Gareth came up to me and was like, it's sort of a shame that we've got to do a podcast now because <laughs> yeah. everyone's having such a good time, you know, chatting and getting pissed. And I was like, oh, should we just call the podcast a bit off? And then I was like, no, I suppose, you know, we better do it. But yeah, it re- I just enjoyed it so much. And it was so great hanging out with everyone. And then what's great about it is putting sort of like faces to people that you've you sort of met on Twitter sort of thing and cool. stuff like that. So, yeah, it was. Um, yeah. And just thanks so much to everyone that came out. And then obviously you guys and Davey and everyone else for you know, putting the shows on and that. And um, was it D- Davey um, tried knocking JP out as well? He did, yeah. I think he, D- Davey, there was a point during WrestleMania, and I'm pretty sure it was AJ Styles versus Edge, because where else? Where pretty much everyone on our table fell asleep. So that's how what party animals we are. It's like four in the morning, like Davey's asleep in one corner. Chris Elliott was asleep for a bit, and then like Gareth was asleep in the other corner. And yeah, JP tried to uh, jump scaring them to wake him up, because we're all very mature. And uh, yeah, Davey woke up and it was like fight or flight. He was just, he was still half asleep and he just started swinging. And he almost took it, took, almost took JP's head off. It was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> I won't mess with Davey Portman when he's trying to get a, a bit of sleep. He didn't realize what was happening. He was very apologetic afterwards. But yeah, JP deserved it though. He, he definitely did. Yeah, because um, he obviously left not long after that, didn't he? And I'd left my bag in his hotel room. So I was like, oh, I'll come down with you. And then when we were walking looking for a taxi, I was like, he was like, 
Um, I think I just punched JP back there, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> All kicking off. That, that, that's it. We'll have to do a wrestling show next time, and then two can have a match. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the route. And he, he, so this taxi driver drove us down to this hotel, didn't say anything. I went, oh, just wait here a sec, mate. So I went, all right, Davey ran up to his hotel room, came down with this, you know, black duffel bag, chucked <laughs> in the taxi, and I was like, back to the walkabout now. But he was like, fucking hell, these dodgy bastards. What are they up to at three o'clock in the morning? But yeah, walkabout <laughs> gets a bad rap as well. But I thought it was um, a good venue for watching that as well. You know, you had um, TVs everywhere and sort of like, you know, not not that bad a beer on tap and stuff like that. So I thought it were a pretty decent venue and it all in all. I don't know about that bad a beer on tap. I don't know. Andy might be the, uh, <laughs> the judge of that. I was on Guinness all night, so I, I oh, you're all right. <laughs> I, I was on Heineken most of the night, which is one of the better better end of the lagers. Even though Heineken are assholes, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I know the food review from Benno was uh, one of um, damning. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, it was my microwave oh, army. You, you'd have been crying. You, your past life as a chef, Mark, you'd be a, <laughs> a lot and you'd be crying. It was like chicken tenders that had clearly just been heated up in the microwave mm. and just oh, it was awful. It was so bad. It was yeah. It was one of them. Those needs must. It was four in the morning and we were all having to sit yeah. AJ Styles, yeah. so it filled a hole. But no, I don't know about the beer. I had some punk IPA, but no, that's true to a true to the brand. So I suppose that works. Um, but. Yeah, it was just a matter of it was it was just a matter of staying, pal, because it was such a long day. Uh, it was mm. just ridiculous, wasn't it? From from start to finish. But no, totally worth it. Great to meet uh, Davey finally. Great to you know to meet a lot of our listeners. And yeah, Damien turning up was you know like, can't be understated. It was the absolute start of the show. Like we weren't hundred percent sure where we'd be able to to fit it in, but him coming, it was just I could I could li- we had a limited time, which was tough for us. You know, we only going half an hour at our slots, but. <laughs> You know, I'd have, I'd have given up any amount of time to hear Damien tell more stories for a couple of hours about like putting the wrestlers together and just, you know, life in general, really. I mean, Damien was just incredible, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like you say, it's a shame that we couldn't, uh, you know, because not just only his wrestling stories, but then also his band stories and everything like that. Yeah, it would have been brilliant. And then, you know, he did our show and then he did a fucking cracking gig afterwards, just managed to make it just before the. Uh, came on stage yeah that was really good as well and um andy you're on about beer and i know you don't go to disneyland to get pissed up obviously it's all about the kids and the families and stuff like that but the only thing they were serving in apart from french wine was kronenberg 1664 for seven euros i was like is there nothing else now this is it this is the only beer we're serving so there you go <laughs> to be honest that was always no- when it first come out in the uk it was always known as like one of the posher beers you know that yeah. and uh, Peroni. Oh God, <laughs> I think we're delicacy. far beyond those days, aren't we? <laughs> thing is, the effect of that was ruined for me when it, around at the corner shop near me, one of the local scrolls coming in. Have you got it? Four four cans of Peroni, please. I like. <laughs> it's all gone wrong. <laughs> oh, this exotic beer back in the early nineties, this French beer and this uh, what's Peroni Italian, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that when I, I went to Germany once and I was speaking to some German fellow and he was like he, he saw us drinking and he had a war stand and I thought I was like this cultured person like oh, drinking what? this fancy beer and he was like piss, that's piss. piss Old water. war 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 starter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I drink this in the ship of my I think I know what I'm doing. I obviously don't. Um. <laughs> I've got a Belgian mate, and sometimes when he comes over to the UK, we go to a pub, and I'm like, oh, is it a pint oh. of cellar for you? Then and he's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> 9% or nothing for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, just thought we've got a pretty news-heavy show to get into, but I just want to shout out Dickie Bird. Obviously, we're talking about the live show there, and obviously, he did the brilliant graphics for us and the graphics for like the world transfer window. And obviously, he said on Twitter today he's going to be, you know, stepping back from doing graphics work and things, and obviously, you know, with illness and stuff like that. So, I just want to say a huge thanks to Dickie and. And all all the best and everything, mate. You know, it's great all the work you did for us, but also made a friend through it as well. So, uh, yeah, all the best to uh, Dickie Bird. But um, just for the big news of BritRest this week um, is that PW Torch reported that One Pro Wrestling will be making its return this October at the former haunt of theirs, the Doncaster Dome. Um, original owner Stephen Gauntley is going to be behind it as managing director and um, show so far has announced Ruby Radley, Mickey James and Rob Van Dam and tickets for this one range from £27 to £67 for ringside and uh, I suppose, you know, a lot of sort of like international fans might be like, oh, what is this one PW? I was such a big hoo-ha about it this week. So uh, I suppose You'd have to go all the way back to 2005. You know, this is way before Progress, Red Pro and the like. You know, it, you know the British wrestling scene was pretty sparse. You know, obviously we had the traditional British wrestling, the camps and the town halls. We had a few indies scattered around. And obviously DFWA were doing uh, decent with British wrestlers and a few imports from Ring of Honor and the like. Um, you know, and they just helped out the Wrestling Channel run international showdown with the likes of Joe versus Punk. And this is where One PW started by Stephen Gauntley, who uh, obviously saw this super show format and took it to the max. I mean, their first show was loaded with tons of imports, AJ Styles, Abyss and the like, and, you know, a couple of British wrestlers. Um, first show I was there live was impressive. Sell out on it, sell out at Doncaster Down with about one and a half thousand people there. I mean... They had a few more shows like this with imported referees, ring announcers, imports galore, basically, you know. And obviously, despite the big houses for the time, flying everyone in, you know, obviously became financially inviolable for them. And it all came to a head when they announced the great Muta for a show, only to have to cancel it because they'd run out of money. And obviously, Muta famously said the UK was a bad place to do business. And uh, I think RQW stepped in and honoured the booking and he faced... Martin Stone in front of about 200 people at your call and even the Northwest promotion free CW stepped in and still put on the Doncaster Dome show so fans didn't go empty handed you know obviously having bought tickets already and then Stephen Gauntley came back found some money miraculously from somewhere started running it again same thing happened ran out of money Dragon Ace and a few of the wrestlers took it over from him same thing happened ran out of money and some chancer called Danny Rod took it over and I think most famously from the whole 1PW story um, Bookshaw Michael straight after his retirement for a meet and greet Q&A sort of deal um also coincided with a show at Doncaster Dome, only to cancel it and run off with everyone's money. So show cancellations galore, imports pulling out, people losing money, fans and wrestlers alike. Um, like I said before, Doncaster is very close to where I live, and I went to those first few shows. And, you know, I did have a really good time despite the four-hour run time, you know, seeing the likes of AJ Styles, Chris Daniels, etc. You know, we weren't getting imports like that all the time in 2000, you know, like we would in 2016. So there you go. Brief history of 1PW, that's why everyone's been all over it this week. There is a great book by James Dixon, you know, charting the whole thing. So, there you go, lads. 1PW's back. Benno, thoughts on uh, 1PW being back uh, in British wrestling? Well, when you tell a story like that, I mean, it's no wonder that somebody thought it was a good idea to bring it back. I mean, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ almighty. Like, 
obviously not everyone's as old and grizzled as us and, and you know didn't live through this stuff at the time but if if what martin said there sounds like a clown show of a company then in reality it was probably about 10 times worse and there's about 10 10 million other things we probably can't even mention on the podcast because we don't want to get you on away in trouble or like force like you know any kind of controversy or legal action like just safe to say there were a million incidents like what Martin described there with individuals, with wrestlers, with fans, with shows. It is an absolutely like just poisoned brand. Like it is just, that's what it was known for. And I, I, to be honest, I think even if you're not like us and you didn't live through it, I think most people like at least aware, you know, you mentioned the name one PW and it kind of draws ridicule more than you know fond memories like and even if you don't know exactly why that is i think you should probably be aware of the fact that you know it has has this bad rep and you know you you went through the list of people different people who, who ran it and you know some with better intentions and better you know experience and better place to run it than than others but you know a couple of the names you mentioned there specifically stephen gauntley whose name is all over the press for this. What's his title in, in the one PW Martin? He's like managing vice managing whatever the hell. Like, managing director. <laughs> managing director. Like I mean, I, I I there are people who I very much respect who are saying, you know, some of the people behind this new one PW are people who you can trust, people in the Grimsby wrestling scene and elsewhere who have got a good track record. But I just think that goes out the window when they've been daft enough to think it was a good idea to bring back one PW and to plaster Stephen Gortley's name over everything. Mm. And again, I won't go into every allegation or bit of gossip about Stephen Gortley. Google that name. Maybe throw the letters UKFF in there as well. Mm. You will see a lot. And it's not just wrestling stuff where there are people who have claims and complaints to make about that person like to put his name all over everything and to, to bring it back it just shows such a a lack of judgment and just a lack of it must be a lack of knowledge of what happened in the past i think that's a good idea because yeah there are hundreds of fans with grudges to bear there are many wrestlers you know listen to a steve carino listen to Corey graves listen to many of the other people who had Great muter, like you mentioned there, Martin, who had the uh, various issues with one PW over the years. Read that, you know, to quote a great man, as you said, Martin, like qu- quote JP Hulan, read the fucking history book, read that book with notes in it from Arm Fioris as well. That will tell you the story of one PW. Andy Quilden's got some corkers of, of quotes in that <laughs> book as well about one P- what one PW did to the reputation of British wrestling in the places that it ran and to the fans who went to those places. I've had those fans reaching out to me on Twitter this week and it just, it just boggles the mind that people who are allegedly smart and know what they're doing in wrestling thought bringing this back in 2022 was a good idea. I was surprised that, well, obviously, because, you know, if you won PW, you know, it was like, oh, Brit Rest won PW, you know, oh, cancelled shows, you know, advertised cards that never happened. That, you know, that was synonymous, you know, that's where, you know, the term Brit Rest came from, didn't it? You know, it's like, oh, that's just Brit Rest. This is what happens in British wrestling that, you know, you never get what you pay for, blah, blah, blah. 
and you know and one pw was uh, uh, you know hand in hand with that and it just seems like there has been quite a lot of you know positivity behind it and to you know to play devil's advocate you know you did say you know outside of Stephen gauntley there are some you know the people from sort of like you know the grimsby wrestling scene and then also um on their website rich dunn who, who obviously behind the scenes at ngw and you know has got a long storied history of running you know successful sort of like british promotions but Andy, what were your first thoughts when, um, when you know, this first got announced this week? Um, well, n- not just the, the announcement this week. Um, I actually heard rumours of it in um, end of November, um, early December last year, off, off one of my mates, and I like, one PW coming back? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it was just like, oh, mate, it's like, no. Oh. Maybe happen. Maybe it's uh, just uh, just a wild rumor. And then seeing it this week, it's like, bloody hell, it is happening. Um, yeah, I think when it when it was originally around, I was I don't think I ever went to a Brit Rest show um, up until maybe two thousand and probably it started off before before I went to Brit Rest. So um, I was totally out of the loop of it. But you know, hearing stories from a uh, people who went there, you know, about the shows overrunning, like you're going to like the local Asda's at one in the morning for some <laughs> for some food after the wrestling doesn't sound like my sort of wrestling show. But to see that there's, you know, certain people from like your BWR and MGW in like your um, Rich Duns and um, the lads who run BWR, as I've got a bit of positivity there because they do run a good, uh, good operation. As as from like, um, you know, a presentation standpoint, I think um, they've got they've got the right setup. A bit similar to what um, like N- how NGW ran the shows, but yeah, obviously, like Benno said about uh, having Stephen Gauntley's name plastered all over it is. It's a bit of a bit of a red flag, I, I do think, and you shouldn't be sort of promoting his name fully out there, you know, with what's gone on in the past and a lot of it as well. Like the history, history of the stuff I've read is from them UKFF forums, so I think they might still be on UKFF Gold if you if you go on there, you know, to get a brief history of uh, what went on with the promotion. Uh, but yeah, good. Good luck to him, but you just, one of them, he, just it's just you just it's one of them you do you just sort of have to wait and see. I think on paper, I think, oh, I might actually go to the show, but it's gonna be a, at least a week or two before the show before I put my money down. This is the thing. Yeah, a couple of days before, yeah. You don't want to be booking tickets well in advance and losing out <laughs> yeah. or anything. Yeah. And you know why we say that in Brit Res Martin? Because of one PW. Like that's yeah. <laughs> we all learned that lesson back in the day, and I think people might end up having to learn it again. No, I mean, like, you know, there is if this was just a company coming back and for whatever ill-advised nostalgia, you know, they've got nostalgia for that, those old one PW message board days where fans had booked the shows and it was all thank you, Stephen, and all of that stuff. Maybe someone involved has got a bit of nostalgia for that, thinks there's brand equity in the name one PW. Although even that, there's like, you know, there's some controversy over who actually owns the name and whether, whether they can trade as one PW, you know, that you could get into as well. But if that was just it, that'd be one thing. But again, the fact that, you know, 
one of the two people who caused the most issues, who's got the most controversy behind him, who, you know, was involved in allegations of fraud up and down these shows, throwing his name in it just wipes out any of that goodwill for me. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, it's just, I mean, 1PW, you know, it, I suppose, you know, if if... If you look back in British wrestling, you want to bring an old company back and bring a name back. I suppose it's a step up from trying to resurrect IPW UK, but I don't think it's many steps above that. I don't get why if the people involved wanted to run this, they don't, you know, give it a, a fresh coat of paint. They don't get Stephen Gauntley involved and they, and they call it something else. I don't know why it's necessary, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, how many, how many one PW shows did you get to back in the day, Martin? I went, I went to a few, but I never went to the. Uh, the actual Doncaster Dome. They tried to book me once as well, but it was typical <laughs> one PW fashion. Four years after I'd retired, uh, well, not even retired, even even trained in a wrestling ring. So you know, I politely said no. But <laughs> uh, just that, think what could have been if you'd have been in one PW, Ben. Your life could have been whole different now. You would have been champion in one PW till this to this very day. <laughs> coming back for a grudge match with Corey Graves. That's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's worth noting that I didn't mention in my little brief history that uh, yeah one of the big stars, of, one of the people that they did push was um, still in James Keenan, who was obviously Corey Gaves. Now he was like the quote unquote guy, obviously another import American guy, you know, being pushed on a British promotion as their, their, you know, homegrown guy sort of thing, which was always a bit odd that people found weird. And, you know, he, he certainly like really cut his teeth there, um, you know, in having matches. And he was originally, spo- he was supposed to have the match with a, um, with great movie. Yeah, I think it was three shows and then it was the uh or was it four shows? And then I think it might have been and then it was when the great movie thing happened. I was like, nah, I'm done with that now. When that all happened, I was like, Yeah, I can't build with that. And then I think I moved to York anyway, so it wasn't as convenient for me. So But yeah, like I said, I used to have a cracking time, even though, you know, like Andy said, you know, you did that first show it was Abyss against uh AJ Styles main event in you know, while they were having their feud in, in TNA at the time. And that, I'm sure that was starting at about quarter to midnight. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> not the, I mean, but well, that's British wrestling all in all, isn't it? You know, bad timekeeping and everything. Michael, but, um, Michael Pro, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but what do we reckon to these ticket prices? I mean, £67 for, uh, I mean, I know prices on everything, um, you know, around the world and uh, especially in the UK have just gone up on everything, you know, petrol you know energy prices you know and especially entertainment is the thing that you know always goes up in price but like 67 pounds but then you actually look you know at the uh doncaster dome site and um, the grace the gray um seated bits uh, are the ones that have sold and it looks like they've actually only got about um, six or seven ringside seats left so it looks like people are willing to part with a with a hell of a chunk of change andy to uh to watch the comeback of one pw yeah, I sort of read the other um, like yesterday like the original like front weren't front row prices of the original one PW shows about fifty quid. So, like give or take inflation, sixty five quid is you know I think the price you'd sort of pay for a big York Hall front row, wouldn't you for for Rev Pro? Um, Sixty seven quid. Yeah, about 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 fifty six, about fifty sixty quid. Yeah, is it? Wow, easily. Mm. Um, but I, I think the prices what you are paying are you know standard standard prices for if you're having big imports on the show, especially like your Rob Van Dams, who's 
he's not he's not going to cost him a flapjack and a Lucas aid, is he? He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bag of sandwiches. <laughs> a bag of sandwiches. No, he's he's going to be a few quid, and obviously like Mickey James and um, Ruby Soho coming over, he's he's, he's going to co- cost a bit of money. Um, mm. Do I do I see him selling it out? I think I think they'll be lucky to get about seven eight hundred in there. I think that's mm. sort of like the uh, the level for British wrestling at the moment. Yeah, we'll be interested to see how many they do sell. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything near that. If I, if they got a hundred, I'd be shocked. Um, hundred? <laughs> I, mean, I just don't wrestling in Doncaster. Like I just don't. I don't see it. I mean that 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 was a thing for a short period of time where where people would travel for it, but. Well, would you for this? Unless they bring back I seventeen and uh, and if Ulf Herman's a bigger draw than than, than we're all aware of, but, I'm, I'm dubious on those numbers. Hey, but, I tell you what, Ben, our original I one PW Iceman and fucking Loki had a right banger. Just beat the living <laughs> shit out of each other. I, I, it was brilliant. <laughs> I saw what I think like a third or fourth to last show. Uh, Chris Stravis and uh, the former Mordecai Kevin Thorne had a great uh, bloody brawl around the Liverpool Olympia where they uh, they broke the uh, the drums of the band who were not paid to perform, um, <laughs> and they ended up having to. Uh, I think they auctioned off like the, the the drumsticks or something like that to to some idiot fan in the front row paid like two hundred pounds for them. That was that was my main memory of that show. Anyway, also I saw beer money and caught uh, James Storm's t shirt. So you know, there's that. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was the one PW show. Yeah, beer money um, attached to it. Yeah, I remember seeing that yeah, advertised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the Desmond Wolf against Lionheart in the main event, which was uh, it wasn't exactly seeing Nigel McGuinness two three years on from his uh, his pomp and ROH. It wasn't uh, wasn't exactly the same seeing it in one PW in front of a half empty building, but. Okay. <laughs> one match, one match that is worth watching from uh, one PW. Now you bring up Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, it was Nigel McGuinness against Darren Bridge. I remember they had a good match, and then um, obviously there was AJ Styles against Pack, which they're uh, advertising as never before seen. Until oh yes, obviously what I didn't mention, they've got a deal with Fight to show um, to put their back catalogue on there. And then they were saying, oh yeah, this never before seen match between AJ Styles and Pack, and I'm like, well. It's been on YouTube for about 10 years, and I looked, and it's had about 17,000 views. So, obviously, you know, a lot of people well, have already seen that match. On on that point, to be fair, like, the, the one thing I will say, as much as I think this is a ridiculous venture, and the touching goat these name is insane, there, we are at a period where, you know, rights fees for, you know, wrestling footage and whatever does have a value. There is a back catalogue there. I mean, don't get me wrong, this isn't exactly the classic ROH back catalogue. But there is stuff there, isn't there, that you could potentially monetize. Maybe that gives some sense to it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I was going to say, one of my, my main memories from that one PW show in Liverpool is if anyone watches the Grapple streams, you know that Ring of Honor post that I've got behind me where it's got, I've got a Ric Flair's signature on it. Bought that at the third to last one PW show from Ashton Smith for a pound. So, you know, I got, I got myself some bargains in the, the closing down one PW. So, I don't know if that makes me a shareholder still or what. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that's the stuff behind that. That's Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was chatting that in my living room, mate, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I definitely had tickets to Doncaster shows at points, but I, for whatever reason, I didn't go or they got cancelled or oh, once the sea got pulled or whatever. But. No, I never had the pleasure of uh, of Sonny Doncaster, unfortunately. Oh, it, it, trust trust me, Ben. Oh, I've been to Doncaster a few times at races. That you, you make sure you get out there as quick as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> Apologies to our Doncaster listeners, though. Uh, <laughs> our one Doncaster. Allegedly. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> 
Doncaster any, any... Airport, the hot towns of Brit Res in the late 2000s, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> and Broxbourne as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the hotbed for Brit Res, weren't it? Uh, any final thoughts on one PW before we move on to uh, any more news? Uh, Benno, do you think, like Andy said, you might consider going? Do you think you'll be making the trip to the hallowed halls of Doncaster Dome? If there's even a chance a penny of my money is going in Stephen Gortley's pocket now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, and I think anyone buying tickets should be wary. Um, <laughs> that's why. I'm... Well, yeah, that is the main warning. Yeah, if you are going to go to this thing, you know, I'd leave it till the last minute. Um... Over under on the being more than two shows. Ooh, likely unlikely. Oh, well, I don't know. It's like, you know, like has been pointed out, you know, there do seem to be some, you know, people who actually know how to run wrestling, you know, behind the scenes. So. Who knows? Perhaps we'll be back. Come on, Wendy. Um, couldn't afford to really run the Doncaster Dome anymore, so they ran that working men's club, the Granby. Perhaps we'll be back running that if it's even still open. Happens a lot, that doesn't it? Point motions downsizing to smaller venues. Strange. Ooh. Yeah, well, uh, that's the story for later. But, um, I mean, <laughs> speaking of, of, you know, announcements that have been made this past week, um, it's been rumoured for a while, WWE are going to be um, officially, officially announced this week that they're going to be doing a stadium show at the Millennium Stadium in Wales on September 3rd. And this is something that we've talked a bit about when the rumours came out on previous shows. Um, I mean, any interest in this, Andy? I mean, we're talking off air, you know, he said hotels in Cardiff that weekend are really expensive, uh, but you're going to be heading down for this uh, WWE stadium show. Yeah, certainly will. Uh, when the rumours came out that like a couple of weeks ago, I thought, in my wisdom, I'm going to get something booked. So uh, I, I, I'm the um, smart one with my uh, £159 hotel for that Saturday. <laughs> Unlike the um, the poor buggers who were having to book £500 a night. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, it, it, well, it's it's great news. Some of some big's happening. I know... Uh, Seen a lot of the rumours online that it may be like Tyson Fury could be having a having a match on there, but I think for a lot of people wanting to hope like oh like a Lesnar comes over a a Roman Reigns, but I, I can only see it being similar to like what you know that like what them Saudi shows are. No, nothing nothing of major consequence to them, but hey, it's it's going it's going to be a big weekend in Cardiff. Everything central. There's a lovely lovely uh, tiny Rebel Brewery pub next door to the stadium, which you can get sloshed in beforehand and uh, after as well. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it to be honest. Even though it is a bit of an ass game from Manchester. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's perfectly situated at that stadium. I don't see uh, Joe Calzaghe against Kessler there, and it's banging the city centre. So when you come out, you know, after having a, you know, after watching an event or whatever, you, you know, you straight into a Saturday night in Cardiff, you know, wherever, you know, everyone's having a good time there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely um, a perfectly situated stadium. And what do you reckon, Benno? Are we going to get Roman Reigns against Drew Galloway or something like that on top where, you know, Roman's going to beat him anyway? But, you know, just to have sort of like, a quote-unquote, you know, UK wrestler there to headline the thing. I mean, Mark Andrews versus Flash Morgan Webster in the main event, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> the main event of access maybe in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think Andy hit the nail on the head. It's um, it's it feels crown like crown jewel, doesn't it? It feels like that kind of kind of show uh well crown something else like that's that's where it is. Like in the in the pantheon <laughs> of things in WWE, like it is not. It, it, it's clearly they would have said if this was SummerSlam, and obviously we know the date for SummerSlam, so it's not that. Mm. It's just an additional 
pay-per-view. And to be fair, when we've talked in the past, haven't we, about why haven't they came back since 1992? It's always been, well, surely they got their own network. They can do a pay-per-view whenever they want. Why not just do one? So I suppose they're doing that, but I think that's more along the lines. But you never know. Yeah, they might splash some cash. They might bring in, you know, some some outside stars. They, they might try and, yeah, you know, do some kind of crossover there with boxing or or maybe, you know, do do something along those lines. But I think that's what it's going to be. Um, it's going to be some kind of like one-off special event here in the UK. I can't say, I mean, I'm not a big you know, follow of the uh, the current WWE project by uh, by any means, unless it's uh, waiting, uh, unless I'm on Cody watching, trying to find out what Cody Rhodes is going to do on a Monday on uh, on Raw. Like I, I can't even see a card they could announce that would make me go, oh, I want to be there. But if they make a weekend of it, and it's like you know there are other things going on, and crucially, I think it would take something a bit interesting happening on the weekend, like you know Rev Pro deciding to you know <laughs> to run that weekend, or you know well, uh, uh, promotions deciding to uh to do a, a wrestlemania weekend type thing i'd imagine there'll be you know jokes aside some kind of nxt uk show if it still exists um by the time this comes around um but yeah as far as those uk talent getting on these shows like that's probably uh, uh unlikely um if we were playing likely unlikely with it but yeah if, it, if it's more of a weekend and everyone's going and it's a bit of a piss up and it's a bit of an event i, I could see myself being there but yeah, I don't think they'll need me. I think I think they will sell this out, um, and I think it will be. I'm not sure if I believe those numbers about you know reserved tickets so far, and whether you know it's literally fifty nine thousand, isn't it? Allegedly, are they gonna are they gonna sell it out in a couple of days? I don't think so. I think it's gonna be nah. a slow burner, but I think it will be busy, and there'll be people coming from all around Europe for it because you know maybe we're not the target audience anymore, but there are still you know a lot of WWE fans out there who uh, who've been waiting for this. Yeah, well, it's like it. Even if you don't believe their numbers, it's like we've said before on the show, you know, there seems to be sort of like a, you know, a, a big fan base for wrestling and especially a big event like this. And Andy, you were saying, offer, you know, they were hyping it up on Radio 1 and there's been a few newspaper articles about it that hilariously had a picture of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in there. And, and in the blurb, it said like, Bret Hart will be uh, heading to, you know, Wales or something. <laughs> so it's like this guy's half read the press release and then, you know, put his own fucking thing together, which is hilarious. I'm not, I saw the uh, the clip of it, but I wasn't quite sure what newspaper it was for. So it seems, you know, they're going to get a lot of mainstream coverage for it. So yeah, it's very likely, especially if they get a Tyson Fury involved or even, you know, Joe Calzag is like a local boxer. I know he's long since retired, but even getting like a, a bigger name, real life sports star like that, you know, involved, then definitely there can be some interest in it. Yeah. Um, Catherine Jenkins doing the um, national anthem of the management breaches, hopefully, to be honest. Fan <laughs> <laughs> <A> tag. <laughs> oh. Although, isn't it that they're, they're choosing to do this, you know, after. 30 odd years of uh, of not coming here just coincidentally on the year that there's a lot of rumor about uh aw potentially coming over and doing a show mm. at craven cottage like uh, i wonder whether this causes them to move quicker up read between the lines it feels like from every you know talking head thing i've seen with tony khan they're waiting for uh, the premier league fixtures to be announced for for next year before they solidify a date so maybe it'll be like late summer or something for them as well but yeah it'll be interesting to see if aw try and pip them to it and do their their big Fulham show before uh, WWE can come and say they did the you know the first major show in the in the UK market in this long. Yeah, we'll be interested to see what AEW do, and if they do end up doing a show this year, I'll push it back to next year because obviously they you know they're so hot in America right now. But um, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's like you say, though, you know, if it is going to be like a magnet event for everybody and everyone goes down there and has like makes a weekend of it, then definitely it should be a lot of fun outside of the sort of slight show itself. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do announce for this one. Um, but moving away from WWE and onto progress, and like last month, there's tons of progress news. Um, Jonathan Gresham beat Coronawar to become the progress champion at chapter 130 on the 20th of march decent match but i suppose the main talking point here is john from gresham now ring of honor and progress champion ring of honor that is now owned by tony khan progress still has a relationship with wwe it all seemed a bit um a bit random a lot of people you know talking about hang on now can gresham sort of like you know be the progress champion especially with the relationship with wwe that progress have got yeah, it, it's um, well. Well, it looks like he's got a very much an exclusive deal with Progress. Having read uh, some tweets like from Wrestle Carnival this week, mm. that he's like Progress his own. Um, well, yeah, the, obviously the the network stuff. He's not. He's, he's not going to be turning up on there very much. Um, mm. So, be like, well, where, where's the champion on this Progress show? I'm not seeing him for six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for, for for me personally, it's just. Yeah, in what was supposed to be the uh, the biggest match in uh, British wrestling history, mm. uh, there weren't much buzz coming out of it, was there? Um, no, it wasn't a great match really either, was it? Decent, no. but nothing like blow away or anything that you'd write home about. No, n- not not at all. And but for, for me as well, with, with Jonathan Gresham, I'm just I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I've just never really been blown away. We, 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 when I've when I've seen when I've seen him live, it's just maybe just not my not my cup of tea. And I, I know they're going back to the uh, Ridgeway match next. It's like we've already seen it twice. Mm. Yeah, a lot of repeat matches, isn't there? Um, what about you, Ben? Are you excited for uh, you know Gresham being Progress Champion? Is that even like a thing that you're <laughs> bothered about these days? I, I love I love me a bit of Gresham, um, and you know it's it's more the, the news story is very interesting. Like it, it is, it seems like after a bit of a delay, chapters one thirty and one thirty one are going on the network this weekend. Um, I think a couple of news sites pick that up based on the uh, the schedule for the network, but that's a bit of a delay um, and a bit odd <laughs> that it's taken that long. And I think you know we can probably assume that the you know the aforementioned uh Gresham and Karanawar match won't be in there but and I did see a lot of talk about how you know uh, uh Gresham's match with uh with Warren Banks Gresham didn't come out with the ROH title maybe that's a you know a way they can you know justify getting him on there it all seems very strange because the thing about Gresham is you know it seems like everyone who's in this new ROH they're not really ROH employees. They are AEW employees, you know, and then mm. they're just kind of, you know, put on the uh, the ROH brand and all reports seem to indicate he's uh, either signed or is due to sign a proper deal with Tony Khan at, at AEW. So it's an, it's an absolute political minefield. Um, it, it continues to be a, a very strange situation and it just, it feels like, yeah, maybe, you know, this new progress under the new ownership are, are seeing out the, you know, the, the deal that was set up by the previous owners with, with WWE and fulfilling the content there. There's obviously the weirdness of all those shows being lined up for the summer that aren't official chapter shows. So I wonder if those are ones that, you know, whatever the wording is in that WWE contract, they don't have to go to the network and they can put Gresham on there and put other people like that on there and they don't have to necessarily, you know, 
provide that footage to, to WWE or worry about that that weird uh, problem. But yeah, super strong styles coming up, and you know, Swerve Scott, Swerve Scripland, Sally is, a, is announced for that too, and he's a an AEW employee. It's a it's a real mess right now, and you, even you just scroll like that. that Facebook fan group and there's just you know there's fans complaining about getting too many marketing texts there's you know gra- fans kicking off about match graphics that have like people with the belts when it's a non-title match but it says it's a title match in the graphic but it doesn't say it's in a description and then obviously there's the other story I'm sure you're going to get into with uh you know with some changing venues coming up it's yeah obviously there's always going to be teething problems with uh with new ownership and such but I wonder if the the people in charge are maybe wondering what they bought at this point yeah, I mean, that's true. And it's like Will Cooling said on that, um, you know, that breaking news thing that uh, me, Andy, and Will did. You know, I mean, surely John Bradley, like first ballot Hall of Famer for uh, Brit Rest. That's, you know, the way it. he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, you brought it up there. They also announced uh, chapter 132 and 133 on the 17th and 18th of April. That's going to feature a tournament for the re- returning Atlas Championship. That was previously retired by um, the former progress owners and it's a title that's basically it can be fought for if you're over 205 pounds um they've announced for that tournament is going to be joe hendry big demo alex axel tisha luke jacobs will cruz ricky shane page um but oh <laughs> and also on that uh, on the chapter 131 they've got uh, john grisham facing off against gene money in a in a non-title match, I think money is going to be entered into Super Strong Style 16 tournament in June if he beats Gresham. And um, yeah, these shows were supposed to take place at the Electric Ballroom, but they've now been moved to the the Dome in Tufnell Park. Um, ballroom has a capacity of around 1,500 and the Dome um, around 500, I think. Um, so Andy, I mean, Atlas title's back. Um, I mean, it kind of outside its welcome the first time around, didn't it? And the change of venue. I mean, what do you think it is? I mean, progress of being a bit, you know, you know, trying to be funny about it and say that, you know, people are too busy spending money on Easter eggs because it is worth noting to international listeners, you know, this is a bank holiday weekend. So a lot of people, not everybody, obviously, people working in catering and what have you, but um, they're going to be having, you know, a long weekend, Friday and Monday off as well. So, you know, it seemed like, you know, a shoe in for people to have a trip down to London and that, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Do you think it's ticket prices or, you know, a bit of burnout because they're running a lot of shows recently? I think it's a multitude of things. Um, too, too many shows in the short space of time. It's like five, it's like five or six shows in the space of a month. It's just, it's just ridiculous, especially the prices they're asking you to pay anywhere between twenty two fifty and £37 a show. It's a lot of money nowadays. Plus, as well, this um, this weekend, what they're running, um, there's obviously the train train issues from Manchester to London, like from the north to the south, with uh, right. going on. But you know, because of um, you know, there's been issues with the uh, FA Cup semi final with Man City and Liverpool. Who were arguing that you should, oh, you should have the semi final up up here instead of having fans travel down there. So you've got that going on. Um, the actual lineup for the Atlas tournament when it come out is just like, meh. Um, mm. but I, I think it's improved a bit now. Will Cruz is in there, and I just and the I don't know the Jacobs. It, yeah, the the the, the, fa- the fan in me wants <laughs> Will Cruz against Luke Jacobs in the final because none of the others, Ricky Shane Page, Jonah. Um, well, they were fu- funnily enough, they had one of the first round matches. Uh, what they announced, Jonah and Shaft. 
And it happened two, two and a half week ago in Washington. It's like, <laughs> what, were the, what were the points of an announcing it? Um, yeah, just a, a lot of factors. And yeah, could the bu- bubble be bursting as soon <laughs> as soon as like two months in? Is it a bubble to burst? That's the issue. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, I mean, they did, they did, they did do a lot better on those sort of like comeback shows than we thought we were going to do. But do you think oh, yeah. people have sort of like been burnt out by it now, Benno? Yeah, maybe the novelty's worn off for those, you know, because there are still those died in the wall hardcore fans who are all over that, that that fan group as well. But I mean, I, I'll commend them for like the way that that email is hilarious. Like, oh, you know, fans don't want to share their Easter eggs, and you know, there are a lot of fans. For, and, and obviously, that's a joke. But you know, there's a lot, a lot of fans who might have family plans, and we didn't really consider that. Like, it's the Vincent Man thing, isn't it? The circus can be in town, you know, and anything could be. The weather can be bad. Your show's good, it draws. Like, I've been to Progress mm. shows on Easter Sunday, you know, uh, going back a bit, but that, that famed their uh, London Riot Sumerian Death Squad TLC match that I think is still going on today um, was <laughs> on a big Easter Sunday show. I was at Marty Skirl, um defending the, uh, the Progress title on the Thunderbass. I remember that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that show sold out. And most years they did avoid the Easter period because they were usually in America, weren't they, at this period after, yeah, uh, really, yeah. after, after, after Mania Week? But you know, promotions run on holidays all the time in this country. It's, it, if anything, it's a sales. You know, how many Christmas cracker events do you get each year? How many, you know, it's just, that that is absolutely not the reason this, you know, these tickets haven't shifted. It's just, you know, they, they did. You're right, Martin. You're right to point it out. They got maybe a little bit of a, you know, a jump at the very start because it was coming back and it was the unknown. But I think we know what it is now. It's, it's the same old, you know, it's, it's all those, very talented young wrestlers who, you know, are working everywhere around the country, but, you know, aren't at that top level yet doing their best among, you know, relatively uninspired booking and, yeah, you know, not particularly exciting matchups. Like, and, you know, they're trying new things like, you know, the Gresham stuff and bringing back the Atlas. You know, I don't think anyone was, was uh, you know, wishing for that to happen, but they brought that back. Um, and like like Andy said, the lineup isn't, uh, isn't particularly exciting there either which again is another reason i think you know that i was in Vegas this weekend but i mean there's no better way to say it you can't polish a turd can you like it is no. what it is like this is <laughs> this is brit resin 2022 this is as you know outside of rev pro we've done a great job with you know the wrestlers they use that for whatever reason progress don't like this is just the level right now and you can throw the progress name on it and you can throw the progress brand behind it for these shows could be taking place in front of 100 people in Manchester or could be taking place in, you know, all kinds of small venues across the country. This is not, there isn't enough weight there to, to, to kind of go behind the progress name and to continue to sell out these big buildings. I think, you know, while we were proven wrong a little bit at the start, I think, you know, the, the chickens are, are coming home to roost, I think. Yeah, because I think nostalgia, nostalgia will get you so far, but like, you know, it's just bringing all the old progress things, like you know, Super Strong Cell sixteen weekend, bringing the Atlas title back, and it's like, do do you feel like Benno they should be like trying new things rather than just bringing sort of like all the old stuff back? You know, I suppose you know they might think, oh well, fans remember all this stuff from like a couple of years ago, but you know, perhaps people want to see something new. It's got no soul to it, has it? Like, not the mm. progress was ever did really, but we believed it did. But like everything about it, you know, the the, the, the the wacky chapter name titles and, oh, we're bringing back the Atlas. Oh, look at this that we're doing to, you know, pay homage to our, to our first shows. It's all empty, isn't it? Because you know mm-hmm. the people 
running it as well intentioned as they are. And I've got on record the people have, you know, I've got, I've got I've got a bit of respect for as far as you know business minds behind this. But they weren't the people, you know, all of those things were attached to. It wasn't just because, you know, it was progress that people were into. People were, it was the cult of personality of Smallman and the lads and that sense of community and whatever that obviously had its big negatives, but you can't just slap all the old names on stuff and expect it to to work. I think, yeah, that that was kind of my thought at the start that they needed to, you know, lose a lot of that and and try and be a, a new progress. And you can say they've done that in some ways, like I say, by putting the belt on Gresham and maybe you know doing some things that maybe you wouldn't have expected, like bringing in an Anthony Agogo and the like. But yeah, the, you know, even down to you know the owners being you know constantly you know front and center, you know, grinning for photos and being all over, you know, the, the social media for this stuff, you know, it just reminds you they're not the, you know, the previous owners that, that had forged that relationship with the fans. And I think trying to, trying to repeat that history is just, it's doomed to fail, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, we're talking about them doing a lot of shows. They've also announced like a, a big tour as well. Um, in September, it's running from the 25th of September until the 18th, sorry, the 16th of October. They're going to be doing shows in Sheffield, Newcastle, Birmingham, Manchester and Cardiff so you know it's never a slow news month where progress is concerned I mean this seems to be all the old haunts I mean Andy did they run Cardiff before I couldn't quite remember I think they ran it at the back end of um you know before you know the lockdown and everything I think right. they ran there once I know they're running a new venue in Newcastle because last time they ran the old two academy in Newcastle they're running now the boiler shot which is more near the um trains near the train station under the arch is like a big like art space like maybe four or five hundred you can fit in there yeah it's a hefty tour though isn't it sort of like um you know a lot of dates and then i think they're also got a couple of sort of like london dates in between there um but what do you make of this name dead the deadly viper tour is that just a name for it or is it a tease of someone that's coming in or whatever it's a bit confusing for me andy i don't know what you make of it Unless Randy Orton's coming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the snake maybe he'd be there. He'd fill some of those seats, you know. It's still draw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of them, isn't it? It's like I don't think the other thing I would say, you know, if it sounds like we're being overwhelmingly negative about all this, I don't actually, I don't know what the answer is that you could do. You no. know, what would what? I mean, my my answer would be. Don't, don't try <laughs> like what why, why would you have you know bought progress and tried to you know recapture what it was in the past i think it was always going to be an uphill climb and i just don't think other than waiting a few years for you know top tier talent to come out in brit and i mean top tier talents you know i don't mean very good young wrestlers there isn't going to be an instant fix here and it's just yeah yeah I'm glad it's not my money. That's all I'll say. I think, I, think, I think the thing is nowadays you've just got to try something different, haven't you? And I don't think uh, progress since you've come back are really trying anything different. It's just going back to the old tropes and just trying too hard to please people. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's working personally. It will be very interesting to see where this WWE relationship goes. You know, like you say, the the shows did eventually make it onto the WWE network this weekend, but you would assume that, you know, Gresham's not going to be on those. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that as well. But yeah, like I said, never a, a slow news month as far as progress is concerned. But, um, you know, 
Um, so sticking with sort of like WWE related stuff, uh, Pete Dunn debuted on SmackDown with a new name Butch as part of a uh, Sheamus's faction, and then also we had the former Walter Gunther debut on SmackDown. He was joined by the former Marcel Barthel, now going as Ludwig Kaiser, both wearing <laughs> red trunks with. Kaiser showing the German flag on his. I mean, thoughts on this, Andy? I thought Butch was hilarious at WrestleMania, you know, like Seamus's little pet that he kept having to, you know, keep on a leash, you know, like the mascot of the group. Um, I mean, thoughts on um, on Gunther's sort of like SmackDown debut, you know, with uh, Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah, so uh, Pete, Pete done very much scra- scrappy doing it. Let me add him, let me add him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that is we, not an impression I expected to hear this week, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Gunfer, um, well, his match before he, he went on to SmackDown against Bron Brecker. Now, Bron Brecker, like, press slammed Gunfer. It was like, I've never seen, I've never seen this before. This had never happened to NXT UK's Walter and uh, oh, no. WSW's Walter. It just, it, it just looked out of place and... Um, I know he ended up beating some jobber, didn't he, on a SmackDown, but I, I don't know. D- d- maybe he's like a, a challenger of the month for Roman in a few months, but he's very mm. much a gimmick that's, or, or how they're going to portray him, is very much like Shinsuke Nakamura level on there or a Ziggler level. It's, yeah, yeah I, d- I don't. Anything I don't see anything good coming out of it. I'll probably see a P45 in six months. <laughs> it's not going to be going toe-to-toe with Lesnar like you would sort of like want, well, would you, Benno? No, <laughs> no, it's not that. I mean, it's... I mean, justice for Fabian, I can't follow. Like, just Vince is going, ah, he's either too short or too bald or too ugly or whatever the reason is. He's he's uh, just been erased from history, hasn't he? And now they're a tag team. Um, I think, I mean... Yeah, obviously, if, if this was a competent wrestling promotion or, you know, this was happening on the other channel or really, you know, anywhere else in history, Walter would be, you know, your top guy um, and he'd be in the mix with top guys. Being realistic in Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard's WWE, this is going to be his level, you know, a, a nice little tag team act. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to get a little SmackDown push. I think that's probably as, as, as good as it gets. He looks like a different human being. I mean... Good yeah, he's really man. leaned he looks, out, hasn't he? Yeah, he looks healthy, you know, and that's good, obviously. But he's not Walter, though, is he? Like, I'm literally isn't like, yeah, I was watching him over uh, maybe a weekend watching that, uh, that NXT non takeover show, and it, and it is just like you know, all of the stuff that worked with Walter, you know, the, the, the strength behind his chops and the fact that he was just this big, barely bear, it's kind of gone. And like I mentioned it a couple of times on Spotlight, but like that moment, it really it was eye-opening to me. That moment when you're up to the top rope, and the point of him going to the top rope in the past was like, oh my god, this big bastard's on the top rope! What a ridiculous desperation move! He just looked like a cruiserweight on the top rope. He just mm. looks like another bloke, you know. All of the things that are the selling point of Walter have kind of been stripped away. And I get it; he's given himself, you know, he's the utmost professional, and he's given himself the best possible shot he could have of. You know, getting over with one man really, invincible man. You know, who's a you know bodyguard promoter, and you know he's doing everything he can to to fit their style, and you know, get over at least invincible man's mind. But it, it takes away everything. It's, it's same old arguments, isn't it? it? Takes away everything 
unique that, that there was about Walter that we all looked and I think yeah the only saving graces was uh, as Andy said we can all look forward to seeing him in York Hall in six months and, uh, and in Oberhausen uh, <laughs> whatever their big tournament is at the end of the year because it, it feels like one of them where the, the right will be on the wall No, they'll keep him around for that Cardiff show we'll be seeing you know them two taking on God knows they'll be in a tag match aren't they on that Cardiff show for, for sure yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah Oh dear! Right, so I suppose sticking with WWE and uh, and our brand this month, we had a um, you know a couple of sort of like notable matches. Um, obviously, Roderick Strong has been over for a bit, but we also had um, Andy a solid little match between A Kid and uh, William Regalson, Charlie Dempsey. That would have passed me by, but our uh, our former co-host James just sort of tweeted out and recommended it, and yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty decent little match for like an opener on uh, NXT UK. Yeah, no, I went uh, four stars on it on Grapple. I was so impressed with it as well. Um, it, the, it, what's he called? Charlie Dempsey, Bailey Matthews. He's um, he's just different from everything else. Just like the technical work, and same with A Kid. Like A Kid's run, like with them British rounds matches, has been some of the best. Was some of the best stuff on on our brand um, with Charlie Dempsey. Some of the you know the net bridges he does. They're just like mm. ridiculous how he just bridges out of stuff. He's like, my word. I, th- I think his dad does like about 500 a day, didn't he say? Yeah. Uh, but uh, now he's, he's learned well from that. It's it's one of them things, though, with NXT UK at the moment. Is, do, do you see, Could you see him going over to NXT 2.0? Is he really that sort of wrestler for that brand? It sort of fall into the... Same no, he's certainly not colourful enough, is he? Oh no! Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely not. He'd he'd fall in that category of what like Tim Thatcher were. It just it just mm. wouldn't fit. But um, but and then and then the thing is with NHC UK at the moment, a lot of them are moving over to America. Like you're pretty deadly. Your A kids, your your Ben Carter's, he's like last last one out turned the lights off at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 very strange what's going on at the moment. Definitely is. I'm su- I'm surprised none of the Gallus lads have gone to America yet. <laughs> mm. I mean, uh, Benno, you had a chance to watch the Ilya against uh, Roderick Strong match. Do you think Ilya will be one of the guys heading over to uh, NXT 2.0? Yeah, maybe I could see that. Like he looks like a different. Yeah, the presentation of him now, he's got like different music again. He's got like this great uh, entrance jacket. I don't know if you've seen it. This mm. actually, it's red. Maybe they'll put him with Walter. Um, mm. Yeah, but you know, maybe <laughs> that's where that's going. But yeah, uh, I could see them wanting to give it a go. It's he seems like someone. I think of you know Red Shaw Michaels is uh, is very high on, and those seem to be the types of guys that are that are getting the call at the minute. Um, but that that match with Roddy was very good. It was kind of sad because Roddy's kind of like the unfor- the forgotten man of the undisputed era, isn't he? Like he's just all his mates and his wife are in AEW now, and he's just been left behind. And now he's found himself in a warehouse in Enfield, having to uh, you know <laughs> at the BT Sports Studio doing matches for NXT UK. Um, like it, it was sad to see because it's like. I'm Roddy and Ilya, like I'd have them in, you know, at least the top 20, 25, you know, wrestlers, Western wrestlers, I suppose, in the world. Like I would absolutely have them, you know, in or, or, or thereabouts in that. And they're the messing around on the show, nobody will watch. But it was a very good match, you know, near four star match. I'd probably say I think it's trending just below that on a 
on on grapple, but yeah, a lot of good leg work from from Ilya and Roddy. Lots of great fire from Roddy, and the nice. It wasn't exactly short, but it was a bit of a bit of a sprint of a match. It was it was very very enjoyable, to be honest. You just kind of wish it was uh, happening somewhere a bit more a uh, bit more high profile. If um, if John Cena was still in WWE, like main event in Ilya, would have been fast tracked. Yeah. To, uh, to 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 a match with uh, John Cena at, at this moment in time, wouldn't he? But um, yeah, it would be yeah. it would be interesting to see um, you know in, in where he would fit in either NXT UK or on on oh, sorry um, NXT two or uh, or main roster. I mean, we talked around it a, a lot. Do you think sort of like Andy, you know, them taking a lot of these people over and obviously pretty deadly won the NXT um, tag belts the other night. Um, do you think sort of like they're moving all the people they want over to America and, and then sort of like cutting their losses on NXT UK? Do you think that's where we're headed with this? Oh, I, th- I think it is looking like that. There's quite, to be honest, there's quite a, a few of the roster who are actually taking bookings on the Brit rest scene. I've seen like mm. uh, Zaya Brookside taking bookings, uh, Jack Stars, T- T-Bone actually seen live the other... The, the other week in Burnley, um, but there, now there is quite a few taking out taking outside bookings. Obviously, I think because of promotions, who've got the correct protocols in place, like they had mm. that deal in before. But no, it's it's sort of looking like that over the next few months. Whether they shut it down or not, who, who knows? Because it does provide content for the network. I doubt it'll shut <laughs> shut down in um, before before the big show in. Uh, September, but the the lights are pretty deadly. Being on um, NXT 2.0 now, I think it's been in the works for quite a few months. They were obviously waiting for the, you know, like the borders opening up again. Uh, but they're they're a, ta- they're a tag team that I think will, you know, do very well in WWE. They've got a got a great look, two good looking lads, um, quite a, quite a, quite a good tag team as well. And I could see them actually moving up to the main roster in about six months easily yeah, yeah they, they, they do seem to have um you know a lot in their favor and you know and they seem to be impressing the right people there but um yeah it was always in nxt uk it'll be interesting to see what does happen but um moving on to new japan because obviously it's been the annual new japan cup since we last recorded and the latest match between zack saber jr and will osprey in the quarterfinals that was on march the 21st um Another cracker between these two, Benno, you know, we've come to expect with them, you know, a controversial submission victory, you know, by Zach Overwill as Will claiming, you know, he didn't tap out. Zach went on to win the whole tournament and faced off against Okada for the IWGP Championship in a losing effort. But I mean, as far as, you know, the match goes, you know, we had a, a good match there, but, you know, it's, do you think it's the same old story with Zach? We've seen this, you know, in before him winning, you know, the cup and then coming up short in his match against whoever the champion is. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of hope, wasn't there? Like, again, whenever he goes on these little runs and it's almost like a reward, isn't it? Because he's one of the people who stayed over there when, you know, the shit at the fan. Yeah, there might be reasons why he stayed over there and come back here, but you know he was uh, loyal to New Japan and they will they've been loyal to him and they do like to give him this little run every now and then. Uh, and you can tell, you know, that the Japanese fans are are really into him. The fact that he makes that effort to learn that little bit of uh, of Japanese seems to uh, endear him to them. Um, and it was it was a fun cut run, you know the. Uh, the that Osprey match you mentioned in particular was a it was a definite uh, match of the year uh, contender, even with the uh, the weird finish. But 
yeah, it was the same old story, wasn't it? He wins, he gets his title shot, he loses back to a tag team, back to the mid card for that. <laughs> kind of his New Japan run. I think he's only ever going to be at a certain level. He's obviously never breaking into that, you know, top tier of, you know, Tanahashi, Naito, Okada, even Osprey, um, etc. He's always going to be that level below. He's always going to have that that gatekeeper role. But he, he remains one of the most interesting things in the company, you know, at a, at a time where, you know, interesting in New Japan is at a, a quite a low like that that new japan cup run and some of the matches he had there in that run through like he was by far the most interesting wrestler on there like say he dragged a, an interesting enough match out of, out of naito in in the final um his match with shingo in the uh in the semi was uh was very good as well um yeah you know he's he's, he's one person you can say who while there's a lot of samey matches and samey combinations going on in new japan even if they put him in with people he's worked 40 times before he'll find a new way to, to to do that match and to you know do his best to make things interesting like even drugged a, a half interest a match out of great okan in the uh, in the early in the early rounds of uh of that tournament so yeah he, he's definitely he's one of the, the few bright spots in the company but that's as good as it gets, isn't it? We got to run like this once a year, um, and then it's back to whatever he was doing before tag teams, mid card stuff. That's just his lot, but you know, probably not the worst place to be in life. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, also, Andy, from a selfish point of view. You know, obviously, you know, we had a lot of these Zack Sabre Jr. win lost three matches happening here for us live in the UK, and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon, does it? It, it doesn't, I think. Um... Zack Sabre Jr. seems to be just per- permanently over in um, in in Japan. I think I think I predicted as well last month that oh, he'll probably win this cup and then lose to a card. It, it just it just always happens, and mm. New Japan are in that phase of just not wanting to try anything different. To be honest, to be honest with this um, with the Zack Sabre and Osprey match, where I'm not got New Japan World, so I'll try to find it on the uh, on a hooky stream on the internet was. <laughs> pain last night so i finally found a video clicked on it watched the all match and then found out it was the 2021 second round match from last year <laughs> um, so eventually i thought you know what i'll, I'll go on to our, our mate billy and uh, try and see if they've got it on there and eventually I, I found it in the end um but to be honest it it's sort of a good thing i did watch the uh 2021 match just as like a comparison piece mm. with the and this year's one got like five stars. It has, yeah. Yeah, and I think I thought the 2021 second round version was much better than uh, the, this year. This year's version, um, even though it's like still really good, I think I give it four and a quarter on on grapple. Um, things that astound me with with them two is just you know the reversals that they do, mm. just just lightning quick. It's like. Fucking hell, they know each other too, too bloody well. <laughs> um, but no, nah, very, very good match. But yeah, you just, you just wanted Zack Sabre Jr. to actually go on and maybe have a month run with the belt, just try something different. But alas, not. Yeah, I mean, they've always had amazing chemistry with each other, haven't they? I mean, even going back to sort of like, you know, those um, Red Pro matches they had even, was it Global Wars Night 1 or something way back in sort of like 2017 or whatever? And yeah, there was always the reversals and, you know, they always worked so well together. So yeah, um, I mean, it'd be great to have, you know, another, I mean, that's sort of like a, a big match, you know, maybe Red Pro or even when, you know, if New Japan come back over here anytime soon, that's certainly a, a big match that I'd love to see again. But um, 
I suppose, um, you know, speaking of Brits abroad, we had uh, Michael Oku headed over to Dallas for Mania weekend for uh, WrestleCon. He was in uh, two matches. He had a six-man team with Laredo Kid and Ray Horace against Ace Austin, Black Taurus and Joss Alexander and then faced off against Rich Swan. Um, I've, I've only had a chance to see the Rich Swan match myself, um, but thought Oku looked great and they worked well together. But I think... The problem with these WrestleCon shows is that they're great when you're there in the building, but uh, if, you know, even gone years gone past when I've actually been at the shows and then rewatched them when I got back home, and you know, the VOD always feels a bit cold, especially in these sort of hotel ballrooms that they that they like using. And this didn't it didn't really seem to have a good turnout. I don't know if it was because it was going up against um, NXT, but um, I mean, did um, you have a chance to watch any of the Oku matches uh, from Mania Weekend? Better, I know you were watching tons and tons of stuff I don't know if this came on your radar yeah it did I mean he was unfortunately I was hoping he'd be more prevalent over the weekend mm. Michael Loco I did think it was odd that he uh, he seemed to be only booked on those WrestleCon shows but then you know as you mentioned there he did turn up on uh, for the culture for GCW as well but you'd think somebody coming off that highly hyped Osprey match might have gotten a little bit more play so that was a little bit disappointing but from what I did see you know the the, the multi-man um, on the first WrestleCon show like he stood out he got a good reaction at the start they put him over you know he didn't look out of place there, you know, whatsoever. I think that's a that's a good thing you can say. Um the I mean the match, you know, with Rich Swan, you're right. Like it was one of those it wasn't I don't even think so much it was against the next year. It was just one of those afternoon shows on a weekend where there's you know mm. a billion other things going on. And there was, yeah, sadly not really anybody there to, you know, really make much noise other than a couple of weird Back and forth, was it new champ, old champ chance that were doing my head in yeah. the that. It's one of those shows where you can there's like 50 fans there as you can hear everything every individual one is saying but you know all credit to you know the lads in the ring I thought you know Oku especially looked good Rich one always looks good and it felt like a good a good stylistic matchup as well one where I'd definitely like to see you know somewhere where right you know those WrestleCon shows they look good on paper and they put these three matches together but at the end of the day WrestleCon isn't how most of these wrestlers make their money through the year so you know, most of the wrestlers on the shows are, are not going to put that much effort in, you know, and most of the fans are kind of going to realise what they're watching is kind of non-canon and doesn't really matter and you're kind of left with what you got. But, you know, of the matches of those shows, I did think uh, Oku and Swan was uh, was definitely one of the highlights. But, yeah, just more disappointments. You know, he, he wasn't elsewhere. He wasn't on any of the, you know, the big GCP shows for the culture. did all right. But, again, it wasn't, you know, one of your, uh, your packed shows from the weekend or one of your, your high you know high prestige um shows of the weekend but yeah hopefully while he's out there yeah he made a few more fans and yeah he you know gets more international bookings because that's the type of thing you want to see especially if you're rep bro you want rather than your champion you know signing to god forbid wwe or somewhere else where you know you can't get your hands on him anymore and doing tours like this and you know going abroad and you know working for the hot promotions around the world is kind of what he should be doing if he's going to be the top guy in rev pro so yeah let's hope it wasn't a one-off and we we see more of him traveling yeah randy it certainly seems you know it was a shame that um he wasn't on more shows like benno noted there but you know hopefully it was sort of like you know it was a good showcase for him for sort of like you know um you know americans and you know american promoters as well yeah, um, I thought I thought with the six man, especially some of the exchanges with like Ace Austin and um, Josh Alexander were very good. Um, it, it, it sort of made me think, oh, it could fit into like the X division very well. Do like a month worth of um, impact tapings, mm-hmm. and it, it just wouldn't look out of place on that show. Um, 
I think it was good that he actually got a really good reaction over there for someone who's relatively new going going over to the States. That Rich Swan match, it, it was a very, it was a good match, probably three and a half star level. I see empty seat number 364 were having the time of their life in that venue, weren't they? But, uh, <laughs> um, which, which is a bit of a shame. But no, good to, good to see Oku doing 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 very well over there. And, well, he, he fully deserves it for the work he's putting in uh, Red Pro over the last year and a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. And like it's like you say, it's like I said before. I think it's just good that you know he's getting out there and you know getting more eyes on him and things like that. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know if he does head back stateside for you know any time soon. Like you say, you know even like an impact or something like that, it'd be good to see him. You know, be, be as many places as possible. But um, so I was moving away from that last couple of bits. Um, we have the big news of the month is that ITV 2s wrestling sitcom Deep Heat. Ooh. Made its made its debut a couple of weeks ago. I mean, stop me as to quote Morrissey. Stop me if you've heard this one before. An underdog goes up against their older and more arrogant siblings. You can have the most successful wrestling promotion. I mean, I watched the first episode. <laughs> I watched the uh, first episode of this this afternoon, and it's exactly what you think an ITV wrestling sitcom would be: bad jokes, poor one-liners. Every stereotype of wrestling, wrestlers and wrestling fans imaginable. I mean, it's almost like the writers saw Ready to Rumble and thought, you know what, make a good series, that. I mean, first episode opens up with Dan Maloney and Mariah May facing off against um, a, a dwarf wrestler and Bulk, who I might, I think is... Um, little Legs and Bulk, it'll be. Yeah, well. Little Legs and Bulk, yeah. Um, and then it's all downhill from there as an arrogant older brother, an underdog sister, go at each other so you can run the most successful promotion. Awful, awful stuff. Even at half an hour, it's too long. Don't <laughs> I don't know who the audience is for this, and I highly doubt there'll be a second series. Andy, <laughs> did you have a chance to watch the first episode of Deep Heat? Well, I watched... The, it was an actual double bill that evening. So I suffered through double of it, uh, double <laughs> pain, Martin. Um, yeah, I didn't have one laugh during it, during an hour of com of supposed comedy, and it, <laughs> that I feel ashamed actually calling it a comedy. Terrible, but it's the state of British comedy all over. Rubbish. Not been a good, not but not been a good comedy sitcom in about fifteen years on there. Terrestrial UK TV. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. Not a fan of Scott Squad, or uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good show. Uh, see, it, it it's all it's all stuff for sixty and seventy year olds. No, I, I actually watched it as well, and yeah, it's not good, is it? I can't believe you watched it. I was like, yeah, I didn't watch this, but yeah, wow, you actually watched it. <laughs> Look, when you, when you assign me that when it's a slow month and there's no way, not even any progress or or NXT UK and Andy Quilden's off on holiday, you know, we've got to uh, scramble for scraps, haven't we, or stuff to watch here, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I only watched the first one, and yeah, it was, it was interesting to see like the, you know the real you know that Dan Maloney and, and the like, and there you mentioned Mariah May. I think uh, Oscar, the uh, the Red Pro and Progress ref, was in there as well. It's like you need to shoot ref them for your uh, for your fake wrestling matches as well. But you're <laughs> right, it felt like I'd seen it a million times. Like again, the 
genuinely like the concept behind heels isn't that far removed from this either. Gail and the family who wants to be a wrestler and isn't allowed, isn't taken seriously. Like again, like you said, stop me if you've uh, you've heard this before. It, it, I, I, the one thing I would say, it felt like the they clearly had people on staff who like had given them some little cues as to you know what the words are to use or even just little things like mentioning they were going to Skegness or they were going to be uh, doing a show in New Brighton, you know. Places where shows like this might actually really realistically take place in in the real world, and there's a bit of a you know uh, inside uh, lingo in there. You know, former hosts of my podcast would not enjoy, um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> got, it was a typical you know low budget like ITV kind of show, really. And yeah, we've seen it a million times. I think the, the one thing I always think when when you watch like dramatized versions of wrestling, like they could get everything right. But it just never, it always feels like some TV exact idea of wrestling, doesn't it? Even in like, you know, the way, even in as good as the, you know, the film, the, the film about the Knights was, like uh, fighting with my family. It's all, the, the, the giveaway for me is always the crowd. You've got people reacting in the seats like no Brit rest crowd, especially one in 2022, ever would, you know, shock mm. races at every moment. You know, they'd they be Kevin Dunn's dream, you know, jumping up and down with the signs, constantly making motion, you know. Have you, a, not, have, have you not seen me at a show, Benno? <laughs> <laughs> it's an Asian, you know, like setup that you just wouldn't expect as well from the, uh, the people there. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, Brit Hollywood version of uh, of of, of, uh, of wrestling. But yeah, glad to hear from Andy there that yeah, it's not just Brit wrestling that apparently British comedy is as well. It's one of them where um, I'll go to like you know. You know, my brother's got a couple of kids and like, he'll, I'll go to like, you know, some birthday party of theirs and a bunch of his mates will be there and they'll be like, oh, you do that wrestling podcast. Oh, I was watching that uh, Deep Heat thing on ITV2 the other day. Is that the sort of thing that you watch? And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's bad enough when they think it's WWE, isn't it? Like, oh, no. <laughs> we don't need the help. <laughs> yeah, I just can't see what who the audience is for this i can't imagine anybody so sort of like even if that you know sort of fans are sort of like long-running sort of itv sitcoms like benidorm or whatever aren't going to be watching this thing or you know keith lemon type things i'm going to be watching this and going oh way that was that was amazing you know what i mean it's just i just don't know who the audience and i definitely can't see it like going any further than this first series but i suppose i've improved wrong many times before so i guess we'll have to wait and see on that one but i suppose you know just before we wrap up any sort of like last minute thoughts uh Sovereign Pro, a new company started by uh, Shotty Horror, who I've been told is a famous UK battle rapper. They're doing their first show on October 1st in Manchester. Uh, matches announced um, Malik against Chris Ridgway against MLW's middleweight champion Myron Reed. Uh, Mike, he'll be making his debut. Uh, great interview with Andrew Thompson. He did a Dallas check out Andrew Thompson's YouTube channel. But um, Andy, that's um, in your neck of the woods. Any any interest in uh, Sovereign Pro? I mean, as far as like positives go, you know, they did a YouTube video announcing um, their roster and their matches and stuff. It looked pretty like a pretty slick operation. Yeah, no, I, w- I would definitely say that. I think uh, one thing you can take from like the actual roster is a lot of pe- uh, people of colour on it, which is a, a good step in mm. uh, that direction. Um, as in terms of like. Um, well, the actual venue they're running, it's very much like a like a sports hall, like at the, t- the, the just past the Manchester Academy. I think it holds about one fifty two hundred, which you know is a, is a sort of level building you're sort of looking for for a startup promotion in in Manchester. But 
Yeah, I, I do feel it's sort of fighting for the same 100, 150 people who are, who are, who are going to like your catch pro wrestling, your, your future shocks on a weekend. It's, mm. it's a very sm- small pool in a crowded area um, in the in the northwest. But hey, good luck to him. I think um, what they have announced up to now, you know, we'll we'll, we'll sell some tickets, but. So it's 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 going head to head that weekend with um, the Fame One PW in uh, Doncaster. So <laughs> yeah, in- interesting to see who, who chooses uh, which destination there. I, mean, I suppose it's um, you know interesting. I suppose you know might, they've got you know someone left field like Myron Reed on there, Benno, and obviously they're not shooting for the moon with that venue that Andy just mentioned. You know, just um, a, a small enough venue for your uh, for your debut show. Yeah, I know they, they had some teething issues at the start, of course, you know, as most new Brit Rest companies do, a bit of a, a mini Twitter storm with <laughs> some of the comments uh, by the uh, by the owner there and, uh, you know, having their ducks in a row as far as, you know, policies and procedures and, you know, or are they asking fans for money when, you know, they haven't even run a show yet? But uh, I don't know. I think I'd rather see half of the people on this roster do a battle rap than wrestle. Um, <laughs> although Marion Reed uh, interests me a, a little bit uh, as a, uh, not quite an MLW fan, but, uh, but someone I've, uh, I've seen a lot through Force, through JP making me uh, see him on, uh, on MLW's TV each week. I suppose that's that. It's nice to see, you know, US Indian names um, coming over. And yeah, you know, like Andy said, they're, they're clearly trying to do something different, going after, a, you know, a, a different audience than most typical Brit Res startups will do. And, you know, having uh, Shotty Horror behind it, it'll, it'll be why they're, they're going that route. So good luck to them, I suppose. Yeah, who'd start a Brit Res promotion in 2022? Apparently lots of people. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, still, we'll see who's we'll still here by the, uh, by the end of the year. Um, Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I mean, I know you're a rap fan. Have you got any interest in battle rap, Benno? Is he is is someone who's come on your radar, Shotty Horror? I mean, he's got a <laughs> hell of a following online. Yeah, I know the name, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's no scout strapping trends for me. But um, yeah, no. I like um... <laughs> <Legends>. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I mean, maybe you know, there are a lot of uh, battle rappers about who's the the one who got uh, from Hit Row got sacked by WWE. You know, he's still putting content out, and you know, you got the acclaimed in, in AW. Maybe they could bring them in at a, at, at at some point. Um, I, I suppose it's an interesting idea if you've got like you know you can bring in. You know the, the people who can rap like who can rap in Brit Res right now. We've got um, well, Manline Derice. Man, we're gonna man say Manline Derice. Yeah, it's basically just doing Roy Johnson's gimmick now. But maybe they can <laughs> have a battle rap to see who's got the uh, the rights to rap in progress going forward. I imagine there'll be a lot of that on the show as well. So you know, battle rapping is is not unlike wrestling. You know, it's a it's a work shoot <laughs> and it's a promo battle if not if nothing else. So I can see the crossover, but uh, yeah, skeptical. Hmm. Yeah, we'll be to see how that shows like a way away. So yeah, we'll just see how well they do for that one. But um, I suppose we've come to the show for the month. And um, Andy, what have you got going on outside of uh, BWE this month? Yeah, so um, on the GCP podcast, we recently did a podcast about our trip to go and see Avro FC. Um, if you follow at Footy Scran on Twitter, do some excellent food and there's also some... Uh, football there and some nice beer uh, so we've done a podcast about that and coming up uh, we're doing a podcast about WCW Uncensored 2000 so it's the pay-per-view mm. before Russo and Bischoff turn up and also a look back at um, pro wrestling no European navigation 
um, 2008 with uh, Kieran Laforte and um, our Jeff. Um, it's one of the best shows to happen on the on these shows. Um, there's the, it's the one with Mazawa Kabashi. Um, mm. Danielson and Kent are in a tag match, which is, I think, still in my uh, top five live matches ever. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching watching back that show. Yeah, totally. Yeah, what is what's the deal with that Avro FC? Surely see it on then. Have they got they've got some like super chef like doing their sort of like takeout food? It always looks yeah. like cracking scrap. Yeah, so um, it's a thing called Macy's at Avro. So the the thing I had was like um, steak and salt and pepper chips for like a fiver. They wow. do like double, uh, like triple cheeseburgers and chips for seven quid. Um, it's like a big food, like a big food van outside, and it's all reasonably priced. And you can get a pint for three pound um, of their own like pilsner. It's like six quid nice. to get in. So, so everything's like you put under 20 quid for a, like a good day out. Certainly beats a uh, pucker pie that you get at New York Stadium. But oh. um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Benno, what, what's obviously you mentioned at the start of tons of podcasts you've been doing um, recently on over on Grapple. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we uh, we did recaps daily across Mania weekend. You can uh, you can still check out as well as a, a flashback review of WrestleMania X7. Um, we had uh, Andy on last week uh, in our WrestleMania uh, recap, uh, Grapple Mania Revenge or Grapple Mania Backlash. We called the uh, the show where we uh, we kind of did a, a broad overview of the last week or so. So that's the last spotlight. So you can get more of uh, me and Andy uh, on that. And yeah, we've just put on the uh, on the Patreon this week. Not a uh, not a Tokyo Josie Pro hmm. uh, deep dive as a. Uh, Three or four people um, wanted. Uh, we uh, we ended up doing a Heatwave uh, '98 review, which is the uh, all-time best ECW pay-per-view that was uh, picked from our King of the Mountain Carl. So yeah, the blaster and that. So you can uh, check that out too at Patreon.com/slash/grapple. Hey, now did you also mention you put the full live audio from the live show on there as well? Yes, that is there as well. Um, yep. It's a bit rough and ready, um, and so he hasn't really seen the uh, the public light today. But uh, we just turned my mic on while we were there and just had a, had a go at what it would pick up. So it's definitely listenable. You get Andy, uh, you know, go do, doing the uh, doing the draw for the the raffle and stuff, which is uh, entertainment in itself. But yeah, um, you can actually uh, check that out uh, over there too. Excellent stuff. Yeah, and um, I had Will Cool in on the recent Bushby and Thompson to talk the career of Scott Hall. Always a good time talking to Will. And uh, me and Andrew will be back together towards the end of the month. And obviously, all roads lead to postwrestling.com. Always great stuff on there. You know, the daily news stuff and all the latest reviews from everybody. And yeah, so definitely go and check that out. And we will catch you next month. <laughs>